0: morning, everyone. May the Lord bless you. <coughs> There's always something in the morning when you're preaching, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Jennifer, who is, uh, she's been working very hard. She works as a nurse in the intensive care, so she came this morning. And by the time she gets ready, you know, she was desperate to come to the church. We were running all over the place. And the printer wasn't working, so I came here, couldn't see Rachel. Fortunately, Joshua was there to help us, to save the congregation. That's why I will be talking about Joshua this morning. (laughs) Praise God. Let's pray again. Lord, we bless you, and we say thank you this morning. Have thy own way. Bless us, Lord, with your presence and teach us your ways. For your name's sake, in Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Today, my title is From Victory Unto Victory. I'm going to give a quite long introduction. If we run out of time, that's fine, we stop there writing to timothy paul exhorted him to fight the good fight of faith to lay hold on eternal life to which we were called now there is an ongoing battle here which i call the greatest conflict of kingdoms of all time as foretold in genesis chapter 3 verse 15 that passage speaks of the enmity between um, the serpent's seed and the seed of the woman. Now, let's identify those ones very quickly. You don't need to turn to that. In Revelation chapter 12 verse nine, that serpent is clearly identified and referred to as the great dragon The serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. So he has his seed. On the other hand, the seed of the woman is also clearly identified in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. It says, when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman. Now, in the context of this conflict, the word seed also means offspring. It also means a result, an outcome, or a product of of something. More importantly for us as believers in God, the word seed is also the idea of a remnant that is kept for planting by scattering across the field for multiplication and increase. See, that's another idea for seeds. You keep a little bit so that you can plant next time, multiply and produce growth. That's the idea of seeds. However, in the parable of the wheat and the tares, in Matthew 13, we are told how a man sowed good seed in his field, but while man slept, his enemy came and sowed tares. Is that how you pronounce tares? Thank you. While men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares amongst the wheat and went his way. Now, later on, the tares appeared alongside the crop when it was time for growth. <laughs> The seed of the woman is primarily Jesus Christ. But also those who believe in him. Abraham is a key character. is a key figure in this plan. Because God promised to make his name great. I was telling the children that next time I will say God. They say he won't work with you. It's difficult. Bear with me. Abraham is a key figure in this plan because God promised to make his name great, to bless all families in him, and to give an inheritance to his physical descendant who will be clearly identifiable. I'm sure you you see where I'm going because there is a debate on who as to who is you know the chosen people and the son of promise the Lord told Abraham that his descendants will be strangers in a foreign land For 400 years. After the fourth generation, they will come out. God will deliver them. And we know that if we want to know who that people is, who those people are, who that people is, because it's one people, the chosen one. Just look, think of the Passover. Which people keeps the Passover? I think the matter is settled, easy. Secondly, God gave the land of Canaan to, as inheritance to the descendant of Abraham. I once heard in the news a scholar who was uh, anti-Israel, he said, we cannot just think that the matter is settled based on what is said in the Bible. Now, what I'm saying is that even non-believers understand better than us the ultimate authority where it's coming from. God had promised the land to the descendants of Abram, and I'm telling you, in very, very great details, the dimension. Everything in great detail. Now I was thinking so okay. He was there, he was already in Canaan. Why didn't you give him the Bible answers? Because not complaints. By the time the iniquity and abomination to make a way for the people of God and for God to begin to reveal. He had told Abraham that in him. All the families, ethnos, all about Jesus Christ. In Jesus, we are all blessed. Abram. God of Abram is not a nickname for God. it's one of... There's no mistake. If you worship the God of Abram, that the covenant between God and Abram is everlasting. And that good sign for keeping that covenant was that every male child was, who was 80. Simple. is there. It's in the Bible. I'm going to quote some of it for you. Galatians chapter 3 verse 29. But then it's very coming with something different, something... We're talking about an everlasting covenant here and we have this replacement theology. I call them the replacers. I'm trying to find a better way at the moment I'm there. Replacers. You You know, God has finished with his... Well, this is not an emotional appeal. I'm not saying this just to please someone here. If you are a Christian, it's natural. We need to pray for peace in Jerusalem. How can you be part of Abraham said and be against Israel. It doesn't make sense to me. How is that possible? Unfortunately, the church is being seduced. Seduced. All sort of theories, you know, with a very good appearance, but fake and deceitful. Craftiness. We'll talk about that later. So, where are we? in the introduction. God will keep his promise by choosing Abraham's descendant in order to fulfill his purpose of saving humankind from its eternal sinful state because of the fall in the Garden of Eden. That will happen in stages. Stage one. Deliverance of Israel from Egypt. That's God who did that. When he raised a man called Moses. I love calling him Mighty Moses. Like children. Mighty Moses. Yeah. It's fair. Mighty Moses. (laughs) Stage two. Teaching them his ways in the wilderness. Teaching them. Cleansing them. Begin to reveal to them. He said, remove this mentality, this slavery mentality, you know, to turn to God and begin to learn his ways. Stage three, conquering and entering into the promised land with Joshua. Now, that's the end of the introduction. Let's look at what happened then in stage three of God's plan for his people Israel after the death of Moses, his servant. Please turn with me to Joshua chapter 1. I'm going to read from verse 1 to verse 9. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 to 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, rise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have give, given you as I said to Moses. Verse 4. From the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittite and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man, shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you, nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to these people you shall divide as, in, as, a, as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Why was this particular reassurance important, this particular one, why? The situation was critical. Joshua's leader had died. You see, Joshua had Learn everything at Moses' feet. Everything. Prayer, obedience. In fact, he served. Almost as a personal assistant in the tabernacle. He served. As a spy. In fact, his name was Hoshea, I think. Hoshea. And his name was changed to Joshua when he was sent to spy in the promised land. Now, Moses had died. Moses had taught him how to pray, how to obey God. Moses had trusted Joshua. Joshua knew all about the rebellious heart of the people. He was now going to lead that people. That was frightening. If they could resist, rebel against Moses, that was, you know, daunting, frightening prospect for him. Apart from the size of the enemy. Remember he had been there when his colleague reported that we were at the site like grasshoppers. Well, maybe there was some truth in it. Joshua knew that. He had to lead the people of God there. Frightening prospect. The Lord reassured him, I will not leave you nor forsake you. Only be strong and very courageous. Why? That Joshua should observe to do according to the law. That's it. He was commanded to be strong and courageous. Number one, to be able to Obey God. It takes courage. <laughs> in this generation, it takes courage to obey God. It takes courage to pay attention to the Bible. Why was that important? Because the plan for the conquest was in the book. The strategy, the encouragement, everything was in the book. Remember, over a thousand years before that, the Lord had already promised to Abraham that that will happen, and then to Moses. And then what the Lord wanted them to do as soon as they had conquered the land, he took courage to do that. but he had to meditate on it day and night yes. to discern the will of God. Meditate the word of God. And then observe all that is written in it. And then walk in them. If you wanted to please God. Nothing else. That was the number one resource given to him. Meditating the word of God, yes, this is key to understanding the will of God, and to spiritual maturity, as well as understanding the nature and the intensity of the battle we engage in. Do you know the reason why quite often the church compromises? (coughs) Because we want to look better than God himself. We want to look better than God himself. And we think that the Bible is too radical. We have to be loving. We have to be tolerant. Even if no one tolerates us. I was told of a group in America many years ago they started a campaign campaign to promote love and tolerance in the memorandum of associations the first sentence was we will not tolerate those who <laughs> <laughs> now from verse 10 to verse
1: 13
0: there is something there Joshua takes plans, he takes action, he plans, he organizes and takes action. But that was based on the Lord's vision. Dear brethren, there is a time for everything. There is a time to meditate and there is a time to intercede, that's true. There is a time for rest, but there is time to work. There is a time to wait on the Lord and there is time for action. The task is huge. The Lord reassures Joshua and the people encouraged him too. You know what? Leaders sometimes need people's encouragement. You see, because leaders are at the forefront, it's easy to see their mistakes and weaknesses, and I pray that God will reveal to you all my mistakes so that you may pray for me, not kill me. <laughs> I came across a passage, I don't remember, somewhere in Deuteronomy. The Lord told the Israelites that if they rebel, <coughs> he will cause very bad things to happen to them. And then he said, if he sees the weakness of the leaders, he will intervene. Lord, see our weakness and intervene. You see, leaders, it's okay. If people can see our weaknesses, it's okay. And cry to the Lord for him to intervene. You see, I served as elder, assistant elder with Tony Pierce. And he used to to tell us A church is perfect until you are involved in the work. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) See our weaknesses, Lord, and help us. Pray for us. Verse 14 to 15. Verse 14 to 15. Okay, I'll read from 15. Okay, let's read from 14. Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock, this is Moses talking to the congregation, and your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. But you shall pass before your brethren armed, all your mighty men of valor, and help them, verse 15, until the Lord has given your brethren rest as he gave you, And they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it. Who is Joshua talking to here? To the tribe of Reuben and God and half tribe of Manasseh. Those ones had already their portion but the Lord through Joshua reminded them that they should still cross the Jordan with mighty men at the forefront to go and fight for their brethren as well and I love that little thing at the end you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it not before the task is complete for the rest, the other brethren. As brothers and sisters in Christ, do we really care for one another? Do we really care for one another? Really, in practically, I mean, practically I remember many years ago a pastor to whom who was feeling very lonely but no one was noticing that he was really struggling with a lot of issues no one noticed that but on sunday everybody was lining up to say god bless you one day he said Stop blessing me. God has blessed me already. Everybody was telling him, I'm going to pray for you. One day he said, stop praying for me. I know how to pray. He had needs. No one noticed. There were lots of words. Love should not be in word only. Action. Mm -hmm. See and act. Look around you what is going on with the brethren. Are we completely blinded on what is going on around us because of selfishness and the reckless desire to accumulate more and more and more and more wealth for ourselves. I've done this, I've done that. Look around you what is going on. Why pray for a brother who doesn't have a shoe? Why pray rather than buying one even if it's in Primark. That's not prayer. Why pray for a brother who has a ripped shirt? Why? It costs two pounds. That's not prayer. You will not rest until your brothers have entered in their possession. Then you can return and enjoy. So much money is there. All for you, still accumulating, accumulating. Look around you. Too busy. See who is there, who is not there. Where is your brother this Sunday? What does it cost to send a text message? To call and ask how they're doing? What does it cost? Too busy. Watching rugby. Rugby. Do we love others only in words? Or do we bless them practically as well? As believers, we can't really enjoy our possession knowing that part of the body lacks the basics, basics. And you can see, just look around, just look. Talk to the brethren, hear stories. selfishness there is time to pray there is time for action Mm -hmm. the Lord blesses us so that we might be a source of blessing for others Mm -hmm. there is more joy in giving than in receiving Selfish generation we live in, and we should not be influenced by that. We need to maintain the standard, the body of Christ, the reality of the body of Christ. Not in word, but practically. Okay. Joshua learned to serve in the tabernacle first. He was among the 12 people sent by Moses to spy into the promised land, along with another faithful and strong man, Caleb. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was saying Caleb yesterday. That's in French, Caleb, okay. Now, (laughs) Caleb and Joshua Brought back a very encouraging report that aligned with God's plans. God had decreed, had declared, had promised to Abraham, "I will, gi- I give." But they had to conquer, they had to march, and Joshua understood the plan and brought that encouraging report. Dear brethren, am I? Let's talk about myself. Am I an encouragement to others or a discouragement to others? Do my action encourage others or destroy, demolish others' faith? Lord, forgive us. We are meant to encourage one another. It's already tough out there, already. We are meant to make it easier for fellow believer to follow Christ no banana skins, no, no jealousy, no gossip, no. Yes, there might be friction. The Bible does not pretend, but let's still work together. And when we come together, I can guarantee you, the Lord will deliver us. In prayer, intercession, if I'm bitter against you, In prayer, intercession, fellowship, God will deliver. Sometimes it's just a matter of perception, wrong perception. There's no reality. You can just begin to hate someone for no reason. Fellow brethren, let's love one another moving forward. That's the only way we will fulfill the law of Christ. Let's be an encouragement to one another. Let's be an encouragement to the people of God. Sometimes it hurts. It's okay. Christ was more hurt than us. It's okay. Forgive one another and encourage one another. The Lord encouraged Joshua. The people of God encouraged Joshua. Joshua encouraged them. his encouragement. 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 I don't know how many times in the New Testament, the book of Acts, you find the verb strengthen, strengthen. All about strengthening the body of Christ. Strengthening, strengthening, strengthening. Those who are strong, bear with the other. Those who are struggling. The law of Christ fulfilled as we're moving forward toward the final victory. God had promised Jesus Christ, our Joshua. Because the root of Joshua is Yehoshua, I think. Yehoshua, I don't know if I'm pronouncing well, but it's it's Yahweh saved us, Yahweh saves. It's the same root for Jesus. Jesus in Greek was Jesus, in Latin, Jesus, which gives us Jesus today, etc. But it's the same. Jesus Christ, our Joshua, in the new covenant of his blood, he will see us through. He says with authority, I am going to prepare a place for you. Once I've done that, I will come back and receive you unto myself, so that where I am, you will be with me too, our captain, our Joshua. The Lord has spoken, it will happen. Nowadays it's the word of God versus the demonically inspired word of man. Let's see who wins. God had spoken to Abraham. He spoke to Moses. He spoke to Joshua. Joshua believed in God. And God fulfilled everything. Joshua declared the faithfulness of God. Of all the word he had declared through his servant Moses, none of them remain unfulfilled. None. How are we going to trust God? That he will help us. He will see us through. Difficulties? Yeah. We are not home yet. Just like the Israelites. Lot of fighting and struggling and betraying and infiltration, spying, etc. Those things will happen, but God will win. Yes. But remember, do not depart either on the left or on the right from His word. Yes. That's how we'll be able to discern His plans yes. as we move forward. I remember that song. He has given to us His word of encouragement. Yes. You see, for me, encouragement is a big word. It's all, I would say. We get so discouraged. We're fighting all, everywhere. Blasphemy is everywhere you turn. Everywhere. Lawlessness is standard. Blaspheming the name of the Lord is the norm. What do we do? But when we come together here, the one who was rejected by the builder has become for us precious, chief cornerstone, worthy of our worship and adoration, and praise, and fellowship with one another. But in this journey, the victory is guaranteed, because God is the one who is keeping the covenant, his everlasting covenant, but from time to time, we might suffer loss, or disappointment, because of error of judgment (laughs) or sin. Remember Achan? What happened in Ai? Mm. Because he wanted to take things that were accursed. They suffered victory. Mm. But Joshua Mm. came back. Antecedent, start again. Mm. And the Lord revealed what happened. Do we want to be victorious? Mm. God the headship of Jesus Christ John was talking about on Friday the headship of our Joshua Joshua was a unique strategist accomplished commander Jesus Christ is more than that he knows the enemy Jesus Christ he knows the enemy he's confronted him bodily as well and went in the lower places as well and delivered captive, and came back, and death, our last enemy, could not withhold him. So he is the one who is telling us, be careful. Be very, very careful. Joshua had God's promise, the word, he had faith, he had determination, but he had a very, sustained sense of responsibility. Everyone here is a living stone. Mm. No one is cement. living stone, being shaped by God unto the work and the place he has reserved for you in the body. Mm. Everybody has to be active In the Lord. You see, when we came, we became believers, we came to Christ, the Lord granted everyone gifts, transformed us unto His glory. Do not keep it under the cushion. Now, pray to the Lord. Remember in the parable of the talents. The one who kept one talent and, and came with a rather very bizarre explanation, which I never understood. We will be accountable to the master on that day. But you see, there will be rewards. Yes, it's eternal life, but there will be rewards. Do not lose heart. Serve the Lord, knowing that your work is not in vain. Serve the Lord. Put your heart in it. Put your faithfulness in it. Love God with all your heart. We have always to remember that we do not wrestle against flesh or blood. Flesh and blood. We have to resist the devil and he will flee from us. The Bible reveals to us. We have to be strengthened inwardly and be rooted and grounded in the love of God. John Wesley used to talk about the inward witness of the Holy Spirit. We have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We have to understand the hope of God's calling. What is the hope? What is our hope in this calling? What, is the, what are the riches of his glory? And what is the extent of his power toward us? The Apostle Paul prayed for these things. That our understanding, our eyes of understanding will be open so that we meditate on these things. We grasp, we understand the extent of God's love and His the greatness of his power too. Mm. And to us. The Lord is at work. His brother Dave Bollas taught us about remembrance, the importance of remembering. Don't forget the battle you won with God in the past. Remember that. The spirit of remembrance keeps us going. David standing in front of Goliath remembered how God delivered him from the bear and the lion. Quite often the Israelites were reminded how God delivered them from Egypt in order for them to press on with God. Don't forget the victory won. Don't rely on them but still remember them. It's healthy. And move with God. David said the same God who delivered me from the mouth of the lion and and the the bear will deliver me from you. Press on with God. As thy days so your strength will be. The Lord says. The word of God is settled in heaven and God will have the final say. I am mm-hmm. going to stop here because of the time. Another day the Lord will allow us to move to chapter 9 and talk about the Gibeonites. Gabaonites in French. Infiltration in the church. False conversion. Remember the what happened with them? When they were discovers, they were discovered as spies. the people had half discernment. Because when they present themselves as ambassadors of peace, seeking for a covenant with the Israelites, the people of Israel discerned that something was quite wrong. They say, How if you were among us? So there was something not quite right in that presentation but they got deceived. Mm -hmm. Do you know what happened? When they were discovered that they were spied the Israelites resolved to make them wood cutters and water carers for what? (laughs) For the altar of God. Oh, what poor resolution. These are spies and godly people, part of the Canaanites, the Hivites. And here they are. What a better way of destroying and leading the people of God astray. Do you know that they let them live among the Israelites? Do you know that they settled between the north region and the south region and they were instrumental in dividing the division of Israel and the robber? long-term consequences of lack of discernment? What about short-term consequences? Division among the people of God because the congregation disagree with the leaders. Clearly, the leaders were wrong and they can and they do get wrong sometimes. But if they get wrong, then the congregation, discerning congregation, need to stand up and help. The people get angry with the leaders, because the leaders could not see what was happening, problem. And what was the, what was the next step, war against so many. So they were completely distracted now. You see the next step was to attack the next country including them. But they came and they distracted the Israelites now and it became so hard. <coughs> Let's be careful. Biblical discernments should take precedence over human emotion. Too much emotion sometimes does not help. Let's not be distracted from the mission, from the vision. Time is gone. I'm going to stop there. But um, we've been sitting for some times. Let's stand up and sing, stand up for Jesus as we close. Please, stand up, stand up for Jesus. And then we're going to close by praying, everyone praying as the Lord leads you for your own life in this battle. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Almighty, faithful one and so unchanging, yes. O oh Lord. We bow before you. You are our captain, Lord. We, you know the way, O oh Lord. You will see us through, faithful and so unchanging. Almighty God, El Shaddai, Adonai, Lord, we pray. Jehovah Sabaoth the Lord of hosts. Lord, we trust you. This is your body. This is your people. We pray that you raise us up, oh Lord. Bless your people, Lord. Strengthen us, Lord, as we move forward. We pray, Lord, for your children here, each and every everyone. Give us that victory, Lord, in our daily struggle, Lord Almighty God, that we will be vigilant and discerning and determined and sold out for Christ. Lord God, we need your mercy and we need your grace and we need your holy spirit fill us with the spirit of promise lord we pray protect us lord against the wise of the devil raise us up lord for your name's sake thank you lord for your mercy thank you lord for your grace thank you lord for your faithfulness you are good lord and we love you because you loved us first blessed be your name oh lord god and as we come to an end to close this session lord we commit, Lord, each and every one unto your holy hands. Amen. Remove every root of any bitterness, Lord, Amen. amongst us. Amen. And so love, yes. for God is love. Amen. So love and mutual forgiveness yes. and attention and care for one another. We commit this congregation unto your holy hand yes. as we move forward. Lord, we bless you. Help us, Lord, we pray. In the name of Jesus. Keep us, Lord, safe. For the week ahead, Lord, grant us that victory, Lord, almighty God, and that boldness, Lord, in you. Give us that precious time with you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We pray so in the name of Jesus, giving all the glory to the one who sitteth in the most high place, in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you.